Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. As we think of the Sermon on the Mount, and as we think of what it means to be salt and light, we need to understand that we who are followers of Jesus are not to be of the world, but Christ sends us into the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. What does it mean for followers of Christ to be in the world, but not of the world? Jesus calls us to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. Today on The Verdict, we're continuing in our current series on the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and exploring what it means to be salt and light in a dark and fallen world. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's message. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These are the words of Jesus in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. After explaining the attitudes and values of those who are in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus now turns to explain how we are to relate to those who are not in the kingdom. We learned last time that the option of isolating ourselves from the world or assimilating with the world are not biblical options. Jesus sends us into the world as salt and as light. Does this surprise you that we are to be ambassadors for Christ? Listen now as we continue to think of what it means to be salt permeating the corruption and light illuminating the darkness. I'm going to read and ask you at home to join me as we read Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, the manifesto of life in the kingdom. Now, as we look at these verses, and as we think of the Sermon on the Mount, it is clear that followers of Jesus are in the kingdom of heaven, but we're also in the world. So, as we think of what it means to be salt and light, we need to understand that we who are followers of Jesus are not to be of the world, but Christ sends us into the world. Listen to his teaching in John chapter 15, where this is made very, very clear, that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not to be characterized by the things of the world, although we are in the world. John 15 then, verse 18. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. 
Very, very clear then, Jesus is saying to his followers that they're not of the world. They're part of the kingdom. And so the characteristics of the unbelieving world are not to be part of those who are following Jesus. So followers of Jesus are in two worlds. We're in the kingdom of light, but we are sent into the kingdom of darkness. And these two kingdoms are diametrically opposed. I'm not to be of the world. I'm not to love the world. I'm not to be characterized by the things of the world. I'm part of the kingdom of heaven. But as I follow Jesus Christ, he is now sending me into the world to be and make authentic followers of Jesus. At the very last words of Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 28, before our Lord Jesus ascends and returns to his Father, he commissions his disciples. And what does he say to them? Go, that is go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. Not of the world, but living in the world and in fact being sent into the world by our Master, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be and make authentic followers of Jesus Christ. Now let's think a little closer of these metaphors, salt and light impacting the world. Let's think, first of all, of salt. Verse 13 again. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. I'm to be salt permeating the corruption. Now, salt is a preservative, particularly in the first century, a preservative to prevent decay. You've got to understand when Jesus is writing, there's no refrigeration here. And so many, many foods were salted. Salt was, is a preservative. Salt impacts the food, keeps it fresh. Now, think of salt. Picture salt. It doesn't look impressive, does it? It's not spectacular. Jesus doesn't say to us, you are the gold of the earth. Oh, I'm gold. You are the diamonds of the earth. No, he doesn't say that. He says, you're the salt of the earth. You look at salt, looks insignificant. Ah, but salt has a tremendous impact as a preservative. And Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. And you say, well, I, I'm to go into the world. I, I'm, I'm weak, I'm, I'm not particularly gifted. I'm a very insignificant person exactly. Yes, you're the kind of person that Jesus chooses. Paul tells us, he chooses the weak. Doesn't choose so many, the high and mighty. No, he chooses the weak. He chooses ordinary people. There he calls four fishermen, ordinary fishermen by the Sea of Galilee. Peter and Andrew and James and John, ordinary men, he calls and says to them, as he says to you, as he says to me, you are the salt of the earth. But think of the impact. Think of the impact of all who are followers of Jesus Christ. We're going into this corrupt world as a witness for Jesus Christ. Here is a young man, he grows up at church, he graduates from high school, and he goes off to UNC Chapel Hill. He's a follower of Jesus Christ, and he thinks, what can I do 
in that huge university with all of the parties, with all the things going on, young man, you are the salt of the earth. Think of the impact of one young man. People around him notice he doesn't swear. He doesn't get drunk. He doesn't go to these parties. He's a restraining influence in a corrupt culture. He's the salt of the earth. What an impact we would have in our society if we took this seriously. You see, if we isolate ourselves, we have no impact on our culture. If we assimilate with the culture, what do we do? We absorb the impurities of the world and become like the world and so lose our impact. Isn't that what Jesus is saying here? You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? How does salt lose its taste? By being impacted by impurities. Absolutely useless then. Jesus says it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. A very dramatic way of saying it's utterly useless. If I in the world am just like the world, if I become like everyone else, if I'm ashamed to be a Christian, I never speak for Christ, I've lost my effectiveness. Isn't that what Jesus is saying? Don't lose your saltiness. Fundamentally, Jesus is teaching this that his followers are to be different from unbelievers. I ask you, what difference is there between you and an unbeliever? You say, well, I, I come to church uh, and, and, and my friend plays golf on Sunday. Well, okay, it's good that you come to church. I like people coming to church, but is that, is that it? What about in your life? What about in your work? What about in your free time? What about in your relationships? Or have you got your Christianity in one little compartment? You come to church, you may even do some ministry, but how you live is very similar to the unbeliever. Now salt also creates a thirst. It makes people, it makes food tasty and it creates a thirst. How wonderful it is as we live our lives our authentic lives as followers of Jesus Christ, that we create a thirst in people around us. People get to know us. We develop relationships with us in our neighborhoods, in our school, uh, in our work. We, we love people. We're known as kind, as, as helpful. We care for them. And they see something of Jesus in our lives. If you're married, they, they look at your marriage and they say, that's a different kind of marriage. If they come into your home, they, they realize that the way your home is organized, the way you speak to each other, your priorities of your home are very different from theirs. When we hunger and thirst after righteousness, verse five, others may develop a spiritual thirst for Jesus. Have you ever had anyone say to you, what do you have that I don't have? If you're married, have you ever had anyone say to you, what is it about your marriage that's different? Are you going through some particularly difficult time? Even, even the situation that impacts all of us, that, that people say, you know, you're handling things differently. What is it about it? 
you, you, you don't seem to be so anxious. You're not so angry. You, 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 there's just something about you in this situation which is different. You are the salt of the earth. Now the other one is light. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Salt permeating the corruption, light illuminating the darkness. Don't you agree that we live in a world of increasing darkness? And Jesus comes as the light of the world. John 8 verse 12, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light of the world, but now he's saying to his followers, you are the light of the world. He's going to commission us to go to all of the nations. And here in Charlotte, we are so privileged that people from all over the world come here and we are able to send missionaries throughout the world. Even in this live streaming, we can be a light to the world. You say, well, Jesus is the light of the world. Yes, but the closer you are to Jesus, the more you like, are like Jesus, you reflect Jesus who is the light. And you bring light to a dark, dark world. Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 15 and 16, he said in the midst, we're in the midst, he's talking to believers at Philippi, we're in the middle of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. First century was a difficult, corrupt generation like ours. What is Paul saying to them? He's saying what Jesus says, you are to shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. Not compromising truth, but you're to shine as a light. The NIV says, I like this, it says, in which you shine like stars in the universe. I love stars, I love to look at the stars. And now, those saved by the grace of God are being sent as lights, as stars in the dark world. Isn't that incredible that God can use you, can use me as a light in the world? Many cities and towns are built on, on hills and Jesus help, helps us to understand and says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. There it is. A city on a hill shining brightly that people can see. That's what we are. We are the light of the world. We're like a city on a hill shining for Jesus Christ. Now the contrast is, what's the point of lighting a lamp and hiding it under a basket? He says, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to all in the house. In your house, when the darkness comes, if you've got a, a light, you make sure it's on. You, it'd be unthinkable in the darkness to put the light under a basket or to put it even down on the floor. No, you put it where it can light the whole house. That's the point. You are the light, not just the light, you're the light of the world. The whole point of a light is to be used in the darkness. Jesus says in verse 16, 
in the same way, let your light shine before others. I love that. That means we are to live openly and visibly as followers of Jesus, shining before others. People are to see the light, yes, even in a hostile, dark world. Never, ever be afraid to shine for Jesus Christ. Never be ashamed of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it's difficult. You're in that office. You're in that situation. And there's a lot of darkness around the way people live. And it's very easy, isn't it, just to be quiet, just to say nothing, just to fit in. Don't do that. Do it with wisdom. Do it with grace. But shine for Jesus Christ. Christ has put you in that situation, in that environment, to shine for him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, a community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow him. Let me read that again. A community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow him. No, you don't have that option to put your light under the basket. You don't have the option to, to be, as it were, in a little corner trying to avoid the unbelieving world. Don't put your light under a basket. Don't hide your light. I'm saying to you, Jesus is saying to you, shine for Jesus Christ. You're the light of the world. I love it when I'm flying on a, on a dark night. Could be up 36,000 feet and you look down and there, seemingly in the middle of nowhere, there's a little light. There's a, fa a farm in the middle of nowhere and it's got an outside light on. It's just a insignificant little light. It's dark all around. And from 36,000 feet, you can see that little light. That little light in the great darkness can be seen from a great distance. You ever feel overwhelmed by the culture? Jesus calls you to be the light. We used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I land as a little boy. Nice song. That's what Jesus is saying. You've got a light. Shine before others. Why are you ashamed? Why do you not stand up for the cause of Jesus Christ? Why are you not telling people about Jesus? Why are you hiding this magnificent light, the light of the gospel? Why are you putting it under a basket? Will you be a little light shining for Jesus? That little light making a huge difference in the darkest of nights. A little piece of salt making a huge difference to the taste of food. How do we do this, Jesus tells us. The end of verse 16. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It comes to the kind of people we are, isn't it? That the follower of Jesus does good things. Meek, merciful, pure in heart, being loving and kind and helpful to those who do not believe. Being salt, being light. And when people see that, says Jesus, they'll give glory to your Father who is 
in heaven. There was a generation or two ago in England, a man called Rendell Short, who was a very eminent surgeon. I knew his nephew. His nephew was a friend of mine. And uh, Rendell Short was a brilliant surgeon. He was also a very, very committed Christian, follower of Christ, and was known for his brilliance in the medical field, but also known as a man who walked with God. The story is told in the busy hospital. This old woman came in homeless. She had a problem with her feet. She was dirty. She was smelly. And her feet looked absolutely awful with sores and cuts and all kinds of horrible things in them. People basically ignored the woman. Who's going to deal with, with this? And then Rendell Short, this famous surgeon, he saw the dear woman and he got down and he treated her knees. And when his colleagues heard about it and uh, they saw what he did, they, they asked the question, well, what, what was Short doing? What, 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 what was he doing there? And the answer was, perhaps cynically but truthfully, oh, he treated the old hag as a princess. Isn't that it? Treating people as Jesus would. There are people in need, people that we can help. And to have the spirit of Jesus, that those who are pure in heart, those who are merciful, those who are poor in spirit, those who are kind, those who have been transformed by the gospel, that we do good things, that we serve people, and we do it in such a way that people know it's done in the spirit of Jesus and they give glory to our Father in heaven. Here is Jesus speaking to us today. He doesn't call us to curse the darkness. That's easy to do. What a terrible world. I want nothing to do with it. I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. Yes, you are to wait for Jesus to come. But as you wait, you are to serve him. When the time comes, he will return. He will call you into his presence. But meantime, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And the darkness, however strong it is, will never ever distinguish that light. Keep shining for Jesus. Keep living for Jesus, displaying and proclaiming our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the end of a message titled Salt and Light. John has more to share in just a moment, but first let me remind you that all of these daily messages can be found anytime by going to our website at theverdict.org. On our homepage, you'll also see that we're offering a special free resource to go along with our current series. It's a booklet from John about what some call the greatest sermon ever preached. This booklet walks you through the major lessons from the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. The booklet is titled Life in the Kingdom, and you can request your free copy today by going online to theverdict.org. And right now, in the first month of the new year, we're excited as we look ahead to all that God has in store for this Bible teaching ministry. And we want to invite you to be a part of this gospel work with your financial gift of any amount you'll be supporting our efforts to bring the truth of God's Word into new communities across the globe. To make a one-time gift today or set up a recurring donation every month, just go online to theverdict.org. 
Or you can set up your donation over the phone by calling us at 833-551-2231. You can also send a check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? What impact, if any, are you making on unbelievers? You may think there's not much you can do, but a little light dispels the darkness. Engage the culture. Stand against corruption. Jesus has saved you and now sends you into the world, into your home, your street, your school, your place of work. Never be ashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Be salt. Be light. Join me next time as Jesus explains his relationship to the Old Testament law and prophets. I think you'll find it fascinating. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.